Welcome to Trash Compactor. I'm Josh, and joining me today is Fry. Hello. And we have two special guests, an old friend of mine, Sam. Hey there. And Tim. Hi. Today's a special one, guys. In 1996, Sam and I ventured to the grand opening of the Virgin Megastore in Times Square to see Mark Hamill, who was making a personal appearance to promote, I believe, the release of the computer game Wing Commander 4, The Price of Freedom. Does that ring a bell for any of you? Not, not that one. Not that one? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so if you do the math, 1996, uh, we were both somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 years old at the time. Do you recall how we ended up going there, Sam? I know your dad brought us. Oh, is that true? I didn't even remember that part. No, I, I remember I like, I think I was just like listening to, you know, Z100 or something. And they, they mentioned right. that uh, Mark Hamill was going to be uh, signing autographs. And I, I, I told you about it because I thought that would, that would be pretty interesting to do. And you immediately uh, thought we should, we should interview him. I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. And so, yeah, we, we, we went in there. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so as Sam alluded to, so we went to see him and we got our little action figure sign, whatever. And I guess, I don't know how it came up, but we ended up, we did an interview with him, a phone interview for a kid's newspaper that we were sort of involved with at the time. And I don't believe this interview was ever published, ever printed. I don't think anything ever happened with it. It was just really an excuse to like be able to talk to Mark Hamill on the phone. And I think that there was like the intention to do it, but I think the paper folded or something. Yeah, I think any the memory? paper, yeah, went out of business or I don't even know if it was in business. I don't even remember what, it, I think it was like the Main Street News or something like that. Main Street Journal <laughs> was the name of the paper. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah, um, it, it, it closed down before we got to publish it. Yeah. So fast forward about 25-ish years. This is pre-COVID. So this is a couple of years ago at least, but I was cleaning out some things at my parents' house. And I came across this cassette tape, and wouldn't you know, it was a recording of this phone call that 12-year-old Sam and 12-year-old me had with Mark Hamill, who was not 12 years old in 1996. He was, he was somewhat older than that. I believe, uh, did I send you that, Sam, when I discovered it? You did, yeah. You... Yeah. I also did some sleuthing because I wanted to figure out when this actually was. So I like searched for like, you know, Mark Hamill, Wing Commander, Virgin Megastore, 1990s, whatever. And much to my shock, there was some website, there was a Wing Commander site that had this like log of every promotional event that had ever happened in connection with the game or something. And they had this one and there were photos from the event that I had no idea were even taken i had no idea these photos existed so i clicked on them i was like oh weird okay there were photos and there were a zillion photos of you and me and, and mark hamill <laughs> wait so the one that you uh shared like a few weeks ago that was that that, was, that wasn't your personal photo you got it from no that no yeah. no because i don't think we took any pictures i had no idea these existed sam what was your thought when i reached out after these years of uh you know, radio silence with these photos of you and me seeing Mark Hamill when we were 12. At first I was like, oh, that, that's cool. Cause like, you know, this is obviously a story I've told to people over the years, right? Like, <laughs> like that's like the, you know, my brush with fame, right? I, I interviewed Mark Hamill. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. Like here's some like proof of it. And like, I never thought I would hear of it again. Um, and so like you sent it to me and I clicked play and immediately click stop and have <laughs> never listened to it since never shared it with anybody so this is this is an, an interesting experience we have this interview this recording dear listeners of uh, mark hamill in 1996 he was ostensibly promoting you know wing commander 4 i believe we must have gotten some instruction from his agent or something about what to talk about because a lot of what we he talks about and we ask him about we talk about black pearl which was the comic that he was working on at the time which like i don't know that we would have known about yeah. so I'm pretty sure, yeah, you did all of the coordination. Like, I don't I don't even know what that process looked like <laughs> in terms of what the back and forth there was. You just told me, hey, there's a date. Mark Hamill's going to call us. Come on over. <laughs> I like how it was a team effort. You got, Sam, you got him, you got the, you, to, you, you, you to the store and then coordinated the rest. <laughs> yeah. I also remember sometime like brainstorming questions with you, Josh, but uh, I think mo most of those were coming, came from you. Uh, 
This is so ridiculous. No, no, I just, <laughs> not, not putting the blame on you. <laughs> no, no, I just, I just, it's so funny that I don't even, I don't know if you heard, but uh, we recorded another episode where we read through a Star Wars newsletter that I made, I think a year prior to when we conducted this interview. So it's funny from my vantage point now, it's like I had this like burgeoning career as an entertainment journalist, apparently. <laughs> Like, why Why would I have thought to do What was I thinking? It was kind of a good idea. It worked out. I'm trying to imagine Mark Hamill's agent discussing questions with a 12-year-old, and that's pretty yeah. fucking funny to me. I'm not going to lie. That's, <laughs> that's a treat. You know, Mark Hamill doesn't want to talk about that, and he does want to talk about his comic, which, like... <laughs> I mean, like, I've read that comic, and, like, I'm not sure any 12-year-old is going to fully right. grasp what's going on in Black Pearl. No, no, me neither. Yeah. I went on eBay, and I bought a copy of the trade paperback because I wanted to familiarize myself. And, yeah, like, this is not subject matter that a 12-year-old, I think, would gravitate toward or frankly should uh be reading it's kind of like a uh, blank man meets like nightcrawler the movie nightcrawler with jake gyllenhaal meets the watchman <laughs> yeah yeah like oh, with like a weird hint of like the sort of the tone of dark man uh yeah yeah thrown in there just for totally just for giggles it's, it's <laughs> super weird and the, the idea of you talking to an agent a little 12 year old talking to mark hamill's agent is like chef's kiss that's hilarious i have no idea <laughs> I mean, again, I have no memory of how this came about. I don't know if this was like you and me strategizing so that we would like seem seem cool. But I feel like I have some memory that there was a like a resistance to the Star Wars questions. Like we didn't want to come right out of the gate with like a whole bunch of Star Wars questions. You don't want to seem too over eager. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And like we don't want to seem like just any, you know, star wars fans right it's like we appreciate you're, you're the totality of your of your body of work of which star wars is but one albeit significant but just one facet of your multifaceted career yeah trying to play it off like you're the only two 12 year olds in 1996 who aren't cuckoo for star wars <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so I'm going to go ahead and play the first clip from this Mark Hamill interview from 1996 from 12-year-old Josh and 12-year-old Sam. So it sort of begins in the middle. Very so, Star so, Wars-y of you. <laughs> before you play it, the, the thing I remember most about this, and like I recount to everybody, is how the interview actually began, which uh, uh, and I think part, partially explains why you uh, forgot to hit record, which is that you know we were standing in your living room waiting for the phone call from Mark Hamill. And you, you, I, I remember you pick up the phone and have this extremely confused look on your face. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then, and then we get connected. And it turns out he called us Collect from California, which is extremely what? expensive at the time. Uh, so I remember that that's the main thing I remember about this interview is Mark Hamill called us Collect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been great to have that first part on like uh, recorded yeah <laughs> like, like yeah. all from mark hamill <laughs> yeah that's true um yeah so anyway so i'm gonna go ahead and play this clip i think it's about a minute or so so uh this is 1996 uh a couple of 12 year olds very excited to talk to mark hamill we all know and love as luke skywalker here we go and it was you had to do different version depending mm -hmm. on how the player you know, decided to move along. So I'd never done anything like that before where there were so many different versions to film and the script was much, much thicker than a normal script because there were so many variations and uh, we had a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun to make and, and Tom Wilson kept us laughing and mm -hmm. Malcolm McDowell was great. And I really, really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, Sam and I are taking turns asking uh, other questions, so I'll, I'll give him the phone now. Okay, so that's the first clip. I believe that was my voice because I refer to Sam, so so by process of elimination, that's me. And um, that was about Wing Commander. Yeah, yeah, he's talking about uh, he's talking about Wing Commander Four, the Price of Freedom, uh, which was a big deal because like '96, like those full motion cutscenes where they actually like shot real actors and real sets that was a a big kind of exciting thing at the time uh i mean yeah it was it was a huge deal when i was a kid to see the but mine was mostly 
mostly was those interactions with Tim Curry and whoever they pulled in for Mist. Yeah, there was a while oh, yeah, which when, yeah. when you saw when you saw like real actors on screen, you were like, "Ooh, you know, like this isn't just like the game designer's brother. Like that's Tim Curry. Like that's Mark totally. Hamill." Like there's, it, there's one with Corey Ham. I can't remember the name of it. I want to say Switch something. I can't well, remember. So, but it's, <laughs> it's I sent out the trailer to Wing Commander Four. I found on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's wild, the actors that they have in this. And Malcolm McDowell and Tom Wilson and Mark Hamill, obviously. And then also John Spencer, who who was probably now is most well known as Leo McGarry on the West Wing. Like, it's just a crazy cast for like a cheapo video game. I don't know. Like at the time, this was like the, the cutting edge of media. Well, you know, it's weird. If you go, if you watch like the trailer on YouTube, it's pretty clear uh video which like i don't remember like that's i feel like that's not the experience that you have when you're playing them um at, at home on your computer in like 1996 is usually very like pixelated um so i don't know i guess that's like from like you know obviously they had they must have like an original uh the original video for it i love those cutscenes because they really get across just like which actors in 1996 kind of needed the money <laughs> totally <laughs> so so malcolm mcdowell though i think very famously he never turns down an offer like he says yes yeah. to to every job so you see him show up in like some really like yeah. shitty low rent things there was a movie about there was like a right wing like c list uh a, like direct to video or i guess direct to streaming uh movie about bernie sanders where like the whole gag was like bernie sanders is visited by the ghost of like joseph stalin or something and like inspires him to become a politician because politicians don't have to work it's he's in this movie lunch express yes yes yes, yes. free lunch express oh my god yeah the free lunch express yeah. is completely insane <laughs> it's 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 bonkers and anyway i'm pretty sure malcolm mcdowell is in that movie <laughs> yeah. not because he has any idea what he's doing yeah what he's doing he just he has he has a policy of like he he never turns down a job (laughs) so yeah that's why so so he will lend his gravitas to like right-wing agitprop and he will lend his gravitas to the cutting-edge multimedia pc game experience of the day (laughs) okay anyway i'm gonna play this uh second clip here okay um how did you land the role of Colonel Christopher Blair in the last two Wing Commander games. Well, let me see. I went. They told me that uh, Chris Roberts wanted to meet with me about being a part of the of the of the game, and I went in and we talked all about it. I didn't really. I had done one CD-ROM, a, a, a CD-ROM called Gabriel Knight, but I just did the voice. I mean, it was uh, like an animated thing. Okay. And. Uh, after he told me the story, uh, I and he asked, "Did I want to do it?" I really wanted to do it, so uh, off we went. That's the way I did it. I just met with the director and the creator, and we talked about it. And we decided that we both wanted to do it, so that's how that worked out. Okay, now I'm going to pass it back to Josh. All right. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and, uh, all right. Well, I, I make my grand entrance there. <laughs> it's- it, How does it feel to hear yourself at 12 years oh, old? It, it's it's pretty brutal, <laughs> but, you know, it's all right. Oh, you guys are I, adorable. I, yeah. I, I, the great <laughs> thing I noticed with that is I, I was like, you know, obviously like reading this paper with this name, like I had never played Wing Commander. I didn't know any of like, you know, it's like trying to figure this out. You know, <laughs> obviously I was there for the Star Wars, but, you know, we're, we're going to give Wing Commander some time. You guys are pros. If that's the price of entry to talking to Luke Skywalker, like whatever i gotta do he knows that too like he knew that the whole time and he's not he's not like he's not like uh giving you like cutting a break and getting to it he's like no i'm gonna let him ask all their questions that they carefully crafted to get to star wars (laughs) so what's so interesting though is that like so at this point in his career this is not super far removed from star wars like he's he's still you know like this is sort of that fallow period before star wars had a resurgence like this is before the special editions before the prequels i mean obviously you know we live in a crazy star wars saturated universe now where it seems like you know obviously he's he's returned to star wars a couple of times in recent years i feel like he's um he's definitely at a point in his life where he's he's totally comfortable 
being known as Luke Skywalker. And I don't know if there was, I mean, I don't know, like maybe I'm projecting, uh, but I feel like at that time, I'm wondering if the relationship he had with his fame for that role wasn't a little more complicated. I don't know. Like, I actually have no idea. I mean, mostly in the 90s, he was the Joker. Right. Right. That was what he was doing. He was doing, you know, whatever, 60 or 70 episodes. I don't know how many they wound up making of that animated series, but like, I heard him in my on my television set when I was a kid because he was the Joker. No, totally, yeah, and that show is fucking awesome, and he's great in it. Uh, yeah, I I uh, I had like a disconnect. It took me until I was like fully a teenager before I like finally realized those are the same person. I, I think I knew they were the same person, and like I still couldn't put them together for a while because like I don't know. I just think of like little Luke Skywalker. It's weird to think that like Joker's voice is coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> okay, let's play this next clip. So I've already lost track. So is this a me question or a you question now? I think you're you're coming up next. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Um. Let me see. Stop. Uh. All right. Uh. 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 Which was more enjoyable to film? Uh. Wing Commander three or four? Oh, that's. The tough one. Uh, see, now, Wing Commander 3, we weren't really sure whether or not it would be a success. Uh, but we still had fun. But uh, when when Wing Commander 3 came out and, and did so well, you know, became one of the highest grossing games of all time, I think when we came back to do Wing Commander 4, everyone felt a certain sense of accomplishment and that we had been successful. So uh, it was a little bit more uh of a sure thing uh it's hard to pick you know uh i enjoyed them both probably for different reasons but uh wing four was much more ambitious i mean it was much much bigger budget and uh uh kind of more of a challenge because we didn't want to make it just wing commander three all over again we wanted mm -hmm. to give the player a new experience yeah, and I also heard that uh, Wing Commander 3 was filmed on blue screen and 4 was filmed um, on live sets. That's right. Actually, it was green screen, but it was the same oh. process. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. And, and Wing Commander 4, with a much bigger budget, they built sets like they would for a traditional movie. So mm -hmm. in Wing Commander 3, you really had to kind of use your imagination a little bit more because you had to look at the monitor and see what the background was going to be when when uh when it was finished mm -hmm. and uh you know just pretend and that's what acting is pretending mm -hmm. okay did i catch a little like whispering between you two in the middle yeah yeah i think <laughs> were we were we whispering to each other what were we talking about what could we have possibly been talking about while mark hamill was talking <laughs> i don't know i remember like we were like so nervous and like we wanted to get it right that i i feel like my vague like re recollection is like we weren't really paying that much attention to what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such an overwhelming thing. Um, yeah, yeah I you certainly weren't. I mean, I feel like Josh asked the first follow up question in this interview. Like Sam would get yeah. his question and he would answer, and then Sam would be like, "Great, now, Josh." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that was one thing you actually because I like at at the end of my question, I was like, "I'm going to give Josh back," and I'd probably do that a couple more times. I remember you, you told me stop stop doing that at some point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to be professional here. Oh, you need to stop <laughs> saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, like, just from these first couple of questions and listening to his answers. He's really being very generous and really treating us like not yeah. like we're kids. Right. He's talking to you like yeah. you're like adults. It's pretty cool. Yeah, which is like really, really cool of him. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay, doke. Uh Sam, I think this is a you one. Okay. Have you ever played Wing Commander 4 and are you good at it? Yes, I played Wing Commander <laughs> 4 and I don't consider myself a very good player. Uh you have to have commitment to to get better. And my problem is, at least right now, I didn't really have a lot of time to spend doing it. My 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 son can sit there and play it for three hours straight. But uh, I'm working on this uh, comic book, and we always have deadlines. I mean, we always have to have material sent in by the end of the week, and it never lets up. Okay. So, I mean, I look forward to someday having the time to do it but i haven't right now okay um back to josh okay Sam. 
Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> are there plans for, for Wing Commander 5? Uh, I think I've heard some rumors about Wing Commander 5. Nothing for sure right now, but I think Wing Commander 5 is might focus on the Maniac character. Yeah. I've heard that maybe it's going to be called Maniac Mission and that Colonel Blair would be in it, but I'm not sure, you know, I'm not positive. And uh, I don't think anybody at the company's sure right now either. So we have to kind of wait and see. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like how he you he tried he tried to seg you from Wing Commander Four into the into Black Pearl the comic book, and you're like, anyway, Wing, Wing Commander Five. Like, what's <laughs> like? I'm actually genuinely impressed with the graciousness of the answer he gave. Like that was a bullshit question we asked him. Like, are you good at this video game? Yeah, he could and he yet, could just been like no, or you know, been no, but like he gave, but yeah, no. no, he gave a very thoughtful a very thoughtful answer. Yeah, he. I am impressed looking back at it. And meanwhile, I, I'm like, you know, probably just like, okay, wrap it up. I don't know. Like, I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> uh, I felt like I was rushing him at the end. Like, okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wing Commander. Okay, so maybe uh, we're moving on from Wing Commander now if I'm asking him about Wing Commander 5. So let's see uh, see what this question is. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about your comic book? Sure. Okay. The, it's called The Black Pearl, and it, uh, it's about uh, tabloid journalism. It's about sensationalism in the press, you know, those shows like Hard Copy and, and uh, uh, Inside Edition and Current Affair and all that. And mm-hmm. it's about uh, uh, a guy who becomes an overnight hero and... Uh, and it's a it's a, a, a an action adventure kind of a movie, a more kind of a thriller really about a guy that decides that he wants to try to do in real life what he's only seen in comic books. He wants to really go out and 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 and, and get a costume and and hide his identity and and really go out and fight crime. But the difference is, it's meant to be a story that could really happen not a story like Superman, which is fantasy. He has no superpowers. He has uh, no magic. He's someone who uses uh, his his skills uh, uh, to create uh, gadgets and, and uh, uh, try to uh, uh, give himself uh, homemade superpowers. So uh, it's it, Hopefully, it's an exciting story, but it's also what they call a cautionary tale, a kind of be careful what you wish for because uh, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and to me, uh, uh, I think it would be extremely difficult to go out and, and be a Batman, be someone who has an identity in the daytime and a different identity at night. But uh, it's a graphic novel that's going to be starting in September from Dark Horse Comics in five parts. And uh, that makes 110 pages altogether. And, and at the end of that, they're going to collect up all the stories in, in one book. Well, I should say, if the first, if the comic sells well enough, they'll do that. So hopefully uh, uh, people will like it and continue to buy it. So it'll come out September, October, November, December, and then January of 97 will be the last issue. And it's based on a screenplay I wrote with Eric Johnson, who's my writing partner, and uh, we want to make it into a film eventually, and I would like to direct it, which is uh, it's hard to, because if you're a first-time director, they, you know, they're nervous because they, they want to make sure that uh, you know what you're doing. Okay, sounds interesting. Okay. That actually does sound interesting. I would like to see this movie made. So they, um, like, for 15 years, I think they almost, like, continually almost got it made and the closest i came i think was like 2010 and they got secured like a seven million dollar budget and eric johnson who i think is mark hamill's cousin um his his screenwriting partner i think his name's paul tomasi they wrote that movie the fighter the david r russell movie with christian bale oh um, no shit right, probably right around that time and uh so it, it came pretty close i don't know what how it kind of got derailed ultimately but I feel like that, like, I think maybe because that's right after the Watchmen movie came out, 
Um, so maybe that was, they figured something kind of like oh. with somewhat similar themes, what might be worth making. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, it does seem like a really um, like a deconstruction of that, like superhero form. Like, what are the real ramifications if that actually happened? Right. If, like a guy actually tried to do this. How would that actually play out and intersect in our real world? Uh, which is an interesting idea. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, I just like the fact that he says to a 12-year-old, you know, like those shows, like Hard Cop, like you've ever seen. <laughs> huge, huge with the 12-year-old demographic. It's yeah. it's, it's big. <laughs> I mean, once again, and I have a feeling that I'm going to be saying this again and again, I'm really impressed that he's not he's not treating us like kids. Yeah, but do yeah. you think some part of it is like this is the 60th time he's been interviewed and he's like, he's just like running the like, he's just like Maybe. gotten into the groove as to how to talk about the Black Pearl and how to talk about Wing Commander. I mean, probably. I mean, yeah. not to say that he didn't respect you guys as journalists. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I really like the where you get up playing video games question. That's one he never got before. <laughs> yeah, threw him for a loop. <laughs> okay, so uh, play this next clip. Okay. Um. Who is the artist for your comic, and what other projects has he or she worked on? He is the guy by the name of uh, their initials H M Baker B A K E R, and he the most well known book he's done is a book called Ghost from Dark Horse, mm -hmm. and he lives in a, of all places he lives in Bosnia Herzegovina, and so that's been difficult uh, because it's. You know, it's not like, a, you know, if, if you guys were doing the artwork, I could at least call you guys up on the phone and, and, and say, hey, what about panel three on page seven? How come he's doing that? And we could talk about it. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a language difference, and he's so far away that it's difficult to, to communicate. But he's doing an excellent job. I mean, he's really, really good. Mm -hmm. And we're real happy with the art. Okay. Interesting. I have a feeling that that I was just like, okay, what else can we ask him about? Why don't we ask him about who did the artwork? Because I can't imagine that I was that curious about the the artwork, right? This is all filler before you get to the good stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I think that's exactly what this is. It's like I want to get him comfortable. I wanna, I want him to get all his stuff out. I think when we were brainstorming questions, like we. We wanted to like have uh, like maximum like half the questions about Star Wars. Or I think we had like some kind of thing like that that we were stratagem. Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to like add this like random question. You get a pie chart. Like, oh, so you're saying because we wanted it to be like half non Star Wars, so we needed like yeah, yeah. to squeeze that one more question in there. And we we're I just think so. Yeah. Oh, uh, that seems highly plausible. <laughs> like, what can you ask about a comic book artwork? Basically. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. I think that's exactly <laughs> what that is. Okay, let's uh, play this next clip. Have you spoken with George Lucas recently? And if so, can you tell us anything about the new movies? I spoke to George when I last when I was doing Village of the Damp. So that was about around Halloween of 1994. He's uh, he just told me that he's going to write all three of the new Star Wars in a row. And that he's going to be, you know, uh, very busy for the next year. So uh, uh, I really like seeing him when I can. But, you know, he's got to be one of the most busy people on the planet. Okay. <laughs> I can tell that one was Sam because of his disinterested yeah. okay yeah, at the it's end. It's my, my classic sign-off. Okay, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Was George Lucas involved in Village of the Damned? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe ILM was. Are there like special effects in that movie? Because that would let some credence to uh, a pick I made in an upcoming episode. <laughs> oh, because that was a John Carpenter directed film, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you just wanted to hang out on the set. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't know if I played this one already or not. Okay. Um. Well, let me see. Um. Um, does it bother you to be, quote, stuck uh, with the character of Luke Skywalker? Well, you know, I never really felt stuck with it. And also I felt that in each of the movies, he grew up and changed. So in a way, I was playing the same person, but it was a person who was changing from a, a young farm boy to a Jedi Knight. So uh, uh, 
that it was it was a, a challenge and uh and uh you know i'm really fond of the character and of the project so uh um no i i felt uh, happy with it okay can't believe we asked him that question. <laughs> we were pretty hard hitting. And you said quote yeah. stuck. Like yes. as if like everybody's saying it. <laughs> I can't believe we asked him that question. <laughs> yeah. He handled it pretty well. He sounded a little yeah. bit annoyed. Yeah, he did a little bit. <laughs> he did? Just I mean, yeah, I mean it sounded like a like a almost defensive like well you know i'm not stuck with him i'm not a farm boy anymore (laughs) i'm like retroactively very embarrassed i can't can't, can't believe i can't believe we asked him that question i I mean like certainly in that like um like i don't know like there it's like i get the intention of the question but surely there are better ways to phrase it yeah. No, no, I like that Probably the perfect way. God, what a little dick. Okay. <laughs> this whole thing was worth it just to play that clip. That was amazing. I can't believe I can't All believe right. that. Okay, anyway. We're done, we're done with the softballs, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we asked you about your little comic. Now let's get to the real stuff. <laughs> Tune in tonight on hard copy. It's Mark Hamill stuck with Luke Skywalker. <laughs> is he is he quote stuck? <laughs> oh man, okay. I'm kind of scared to play this next one now. Let's see. <laughs> it seems like it seems like now the gloves are coming. <laughs> Do you collect Star Wars memorabilia? Well, I used to get samples of the toys but with with having young children at the time um i i could keep them like a collector would you know up in a box or up on a shelf or something uh uh, i i could help but let the kids play with them all so uh the the collection i have is uh well used and uh you know they gave princess leia a sinead o'connor haircut and uh (laughs) You know, the, the pieces are all <laughs> over the place, and uh, I sort of realized that I, I wouldn't be able to be uh, the kind of collector I am with other things. For instance, I collected a lot of Beatles memorabilia, but I try and keep that nice and in a box, and, you know, you know, you try and preserve it in its original form as best you can. So uh, I collect a lot, but not very many Star Wars things. Okay. Interesting. It was a more interesting answer than I was expecting. What a little time capsule of the 90s, though, right? Yeah. Exactly. That Sinead O'Connor reference. Yeah. Like, holy <laughs> shit. It's like such a specific time. It's such a specific <laughs> moment in time when we did this. And then you expect a 12-year-old to know about Sinead O'Connor's haircut. <laughs> That's so funny. And I didn't realize he, he collected Beatles memorabilia. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. He gave such an yeah. in-depth answer, right? Yeah. Yeah, he actually collected uh, comics, at, uh, at least at this time, because I just saw a YouTube video from like a 1996 video where he's talking about his extensive comic collection. I think he had like Detective Comics number 27, which is like the first time Batman appeared. So were you, uh, were you doing research in preparation for for this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's amazing. I was trying to find like anything he did around the same time. That's amazing. <laughs> it just occurred to me with that that very long answer he gave you that earlier in this interview he was saying that like he doesn't have time to play Wing Commander because he's really busy with this comic and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, are you that busy? I mean, you're taking like a while to inter- take this interview with twelve year olds. You know, <laughs> this could have been Wing Commander playing time. <laughs> i mean maybe he thought we had much better reach than we obviously did and he thought this was like well worth his time to you know get the word out there <laughs> that would not be very smart of him <laughs> <laughs> he does not have good instincts <laughs> okay here we go is this a you or a me i don't i don't remember sam let me see. Uh, what grade are you guys in? Uh, actually, uh, Sam's in fifth grade, and I'm in sixth grade. Sam's in fifth grade, and you're in 
In sixth grade. Sixth grade, and mm-hmm. this is for your school paper. Well, um, it's not it's not really a school paper. It's just um, it's an independent kids newspaper that 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 was started uh four years ago. Oh. Yeah. I'd love you guys to send a copy to me. It went. Oh sure. Out. Yeah, of course. Okay. Let me just see where I am now. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, when you watch a movie uh, that you were in 10 or 20 years ago, uh, what do you think about yourself as an actor? Well, that, Matt, you know, I don't. I, I watched it when it first comes out, whether it's on television or in the movies, mm-hmm. and I see it when it comes out, and then I don't watch it again. So I haven't seen the movies, any of the Star Wars movies, since the year they first came out. Really? Yeah. Oh. I've never seen him off videotape. Oh, okay. Lot to chew no. on in that one. I, I feel like you guys should be able to relate to why you don't want to go back and listen to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> totally, 100%. Oh, man. Spoiler, spoiler he, he never got a copy of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if we said this while I was recording or not, uh, but this interview never saw publication because I believe the paper uh, folded. If I remember correctly, though, you you really like you, you felt obligated. You wanted to like give him an explanation, but like the only way we had to communicate with him was through this address he gave us. So you wrote him a letter explaining that the the newspaper went bankrupt, and then I think you like severely injured yourself biking to the mailbox. You're right. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, I was riding my bike. Oh my god. Yeah, I totally forgotten about this. But as soon as you said it, it just like sent a flood of of memories coming back. <laughs> so. So it was the day before the first day of school. So I was about to start seventh grade and I was riding my bike to the post office to mail this letter to Mark Hamill. And there was like a truck that like blew a stop sign and I swerved to not hit or be hit, I guess I should say, by the truck. I fell and I landed right on my shoulder and I still have the scar actually on my shoulder. Yeah. I still have a scar on my shoulder from when I was on my way to mail Mark Hamill a letter in 1997 <laughs> or six, I guess. And then I can't remember. Did you actually end up sending the letter or like, cause you were so I have, like, I have no idea. I, like I don't know. Late. He might still be waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I like how this interview just turned into premium rush. Like that Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. <laughs> and if you ever run into Mark Hamill, you can explain. I was the guy who interviewed you. Also, you caused me to get hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> Very dramatic. Oh, my God. Uh, let's play this next clip. Did you prefer filming the Tatooine sequences in Tunisia or filming Tunisia, Sam? Tunisia. Or filming the hot sequences in Norway? Oh, God. Uh, they were both difficult because of the weather. Uh, in Tunisia, we were, that was the very first week of filming. And uh, so it was so brand new and, and, and we were off in a strange land, and uh, I have such great <laughs> memories of that time. Uh, the Norway, it was so cold and and hard to see, and you were so you had to be so protected against the elements in in your costume. Uh, uh, they were both enjoyable for different reasons, but uh, I guess if I had to choose, I would choose the Hoth sequences, and also not Hoth, excuse me. The, the the Tatooine, the desert sequences. And uh, and partially because it was my home planet and it was the first time I worked with the robots and it, as hot as it was, um, it was like the beginning of a new adventure. By the time we were doing Hot, um, you know, it was in the second movie and, and it had been a great big success. Now we were trying to, to make the second one as good as the first one and... Uh, um, my wife was pregnant with my first son. So, uh, you know, you're bringing back a lot of memories just right now. Okay. And, you know, I mean, if, if people ask me, which, your, which is your favorite movie and of the three? And I really don't have one. I mean, it's like trying to pick who's your favorite child. You like them all for different reasons. I like how he, he uh, split the difference on the pronunciation of Tunisia. Like, it was very kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sam, how do you feel about Josh now? Um, <laughs> yeah, you embarrassed me in front of Mark Hamill. Embarrassing me in front of Mark Hamill. That's the most brutal thing I've ever seen a kid do to another kid. <laughs>
<laughs> that was said, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> he said your name too. Like, be <laughs> <laughs> clear who, who's talking. Yeah. Sandwich, sandwich, Tunisia. You're embarrassing me in front of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that was that was incredible. It's funny. I was I was really waiting for that question because when I think back, that is the only question I remember us asking. Um, really? Because yeah, when when people ask, like you know, I say I interviewed Mark Hamill when I was like 11 years old or whatever, and they always ask, "Would we ask?" And I was like, "That's the question." And they always want to know the answer. It's like, well, he said Tatooine because that's his home planet is, is what I always remember from that, which I thought was, you know, great answer for kids. But I didn't realize he went. He, yeah, he kept going into depth there, yeah. too. Um, I also don't remember not knowing how to pronounce Tunisia. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that I blocked out of my memory. I apologize for jumping in to correct you. That was unprofessional. <laughs> that was unprofessional of me. No, but you're right. Uh, that was a good answer. He he again, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. It's it's nice to hear he's very thoughtful and not like, uh, Tatooine, it's my home planet. Next. Okay, uh, what was it, was it like uh, working with Harrison Ford? Well, Harrison is just a wonderful actor and a great guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a lot of people would be surprised to know how funny he is. Very funny guy. He can make you laugh. And uh, even though he's more serious when he's, you know, acting. But um, I really, he was a great pal. He really was a great friend to me, and, and I miss him. Okay. That's a sweet answer. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about him like he's <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I guess they don't hang out much. Maybe not in the mid-90s. Yeah. This time he was probably shooting, like, with Wolfgang Peterson. He was shooting Air Force One, probably. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> um, or uh, uh, the Devil's Own with Brad Pitt. <laughs> Certainly, someone that wasn't st- stuck as Han Solo. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, next question. Are you working on any other projects? Right now, I'm doing a lot of animated voices. Uh, we're doing Week Commander Academy, which will come on the USA Network in the fall. Mm which is the story of Colonel Blair and all and Maniac and, and Talwin and everybody, but when they were just starting out at the Wing Commander Academy. So I'm not a colonel. I'm just a cadet. And that'll be on the USA Network, like I say, in the fall. I'm also doing uh, three voices a week on a new series called Bruno and the Kid with Bruce Willis. And I'm Gargoyle on, on Hulk, which is going to come on Sunday mornings pretty soon. And uh, we're trying to uh, to uh, get a deal to make Black Pearl as a film. And that's why the comic book is so important, because if enough people buy the comic, it'll make it easier to get the movie made. Okay. That's why I hope all the kids reading this will at least try uh, reading Black Pearl and see if they like it. Okay. <laughs> Any thoughts? Any thoughts on that one? I'm surprised Black Pearl wasn't a bigger hit with the demographic you guys <laughs> yeah. represent. Well, to be fair, we never published this interview. So right. we, could, we could have yeah. made a difference. Yeah. They were really counting on this uh, yeah. publication as a part of their. It was always strategy. meant for the kids. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Um, I just heard uh, that you're working on a, a movie version of Black Pearl. Well, we yeah, we want it's not a a, a definite thing, right? Uh, like I say, the uh, the success of the comic book has a lot to do with whether or not we will be able to make it as a movie. But that's what our intention is. What we need is we need a producer. We need somebody that'll give us the money to make it. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully, if the comic book is a success, then we'll be able to make uh, a film of the Black Pearl, which I would like to direct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh- what are your plans for the future? Well, I'd like to continue writing. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I would like to sort of try my hand at directing. I don't know whether I'll like it or not, but uh, for me, the ultimate experience would be to write something that you eventually direct because it would be your story. A lot of the times as an actor, you perform in these projects that you didn't write, that you're not directing, and... Uh, you know, uh, it's 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 a collaborative effort. Everybody pitches in, uh-huh. and I just want to see if I can do uh, 
do more than just act. Okay. That's a very thoughtful answer. Again, I know I sound like a broken record, but... Did he ever direct anything? He directed one feature. It was called uh, Comic Book the Movie from like 2004. And I, I never saw it, but it's like a kind of a mockumentary about a comic book creator. Huh, that's interesting. So he, he plays a, the comic book creator too. Okay, this is the last clip of this interview. Here we go. Those were all of our questions, Bahad. I just wanted to say one thing. Uh, we had a friend that really, really, really wanted to speak to you, but he couldn't be here. So uh, could you just say um, a little something other uh, we could pass on to him? What's his name? Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, what did he want to do? I don't know yet. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I missed him. You can tell him I'm sorry I missed him and that uh, um, I'm I'm <laughs> grateful that he wanted to talk to me you know i mean i yeah. need uh i see the thing is people gotta understand you people you you people out there that that go to the movies or watch television or read comic books uh you're you're the ones that make our careers i mean if it weren't for you we wouldn't work at all so mm -hmm. we're uh i know i'm really grateful to uh i i can call i can say the word fan because i'm a fan too but uh we're, 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 I at least am very, uh, uh, aware of the audience and really thankful that, that, uh, they give us the chance to work like they do. So I would say to, uh, all of you to continue on. And, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, Black Pearl is really, it's it for like older people. It's not really for kids, but I mean, talking to you guys, um, you don't sound like kids to me. It sound like young adults. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll send you uh, um, a copy of the paper. Thank you. And uh, and that's it. And I... uh, and uh, uh, Sam would just uh, just I uh, want to say goodbye. Okay. Thanks, John. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you very much for letting us interview you. And thank you, Sam. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> what a sweetheart what a sweet man yeah wait so is is the jonathan he's referring to the same jonathan who couldn't be here with the recording today no it's not the same one but for the purpose of this interview of this episode let's say yes yes <laughs> he's like you want to give me something to work with jonathan you're like nah <laughs> <laughs> no he hears the hesitancy in your voice too, and you're like, "So, what does Jonathan want to do?" And you're like, "Uh, uh we're twelve. We have no idea." And I couldn't help but really laugh when he's like, "I mean, you, uh, you guys don't sound like kids to me." I'm like, "We absolutely fucking do." I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we thought we did at the time or not, but but I'm listening to it right now, and yes, we absolutely sounded like absolute children. And he's just buttering us up. I mean, you heard the way Sam pronounced Tunisia. <laughs> no but seriously like i mean that i mean once again i feel like we were trying to squeeze as much out of this interview as we possibly could and like we're like hey could you give us a message for our friend and like he spun it into a really lovely sign-off yeah about yeah, like how it's all about us and yeah, stuff about the all the jonathans of the world yeah so I'm, I'm I'm still good friends with John. It's weird that we called him Jonathan. Uh, usually he was my John. I'm still good friends with him. So now that we have this recording, I'll have to send this along. I'm sure we never fully delivered this message before. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, That's actually, I have no idea. Maybe we did. I don't know. Yeah. So any uh, any takeaways or observations, closing thoughts from this uh, this cool. interview that was locked in the vault for? Mark Campbell is definitely very sweet, <laughs> and he gave you more time than like. He would if he was on like like Tonight Show or something. Like you said, what, it was like twenty minutes. Then totality was about twenty minutes. Yeah, it was just really lovely of him to agree to 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 do this to begin with. I mean, I think I explained the story at the beginning, but like we just showed up to a public appearance he was making, and I guess we're like, can we interview you? And he, I believe, gave me the contact info for his agent and. Like, he didn't have to do that. The thing I keep thinking about is that he's just put up Black Pearl, which is this kind of scathing look at journalism and media and the interaction between the two. And so, like, he's probably at a point in his life where he maybe doesn't have such a positive 
uh, opinion of journalists and the people who's doing these interviews with, and point. he gets to do an interview with two 12 year olds who are just like pure at heart yeah that's true you no know, that's a really good point he must have really loved the like excitement of just like you guys don't know you don't have ulterior motives there's no gotcha journalism you guys can't pronounce tunisia you know? <laughs> <laughs> no i think you're onto something there I mean, I've always kind of thought of this in my memory as like he was like doing something nice for a couple of kids. But yeah, the flip side of it is that, you know, it must have been on some level kind of fun or refreshing for him to have this interaction with a couple of kids who were just like, I mean, like you say, like just um, not cynical and totally there for the love of him and his work. I mean, that's I mean, that's something I never really thought of. Yeah. And I mean, mo modern day Mark Hamill now has like kind of a brand as like a nice guy on Twitter. Right. So like it's, it seems yeah. to go pretty deep. You're right, Sam. Like he definitely, he seems very gracious in terms of fan engagement and engaging with people on Twitter. And it just seems like, I think he said, I think, I think it was him something to the effect of, I read him say somewhere, it's like, you know, when you realize that you have the power to like make somebody's day just by showing up that's a really you know incredible power to have through like a small amount of effort on his part he's able to maybe give someone an experience that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives and that's actually kind of cool and it's a responsibility as well i vaguely i think you're right yeah i feel like i've heard that attribute or something like that attribute to him but before he was a nice man on twitter he was a nice man who was almost in a children's newspaper but not quite <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I know that both of you and I approached this with some trepidation about listening to our 12-year-old selves. How do you feel now that we've that we've listened to it? Are you glad we did it? Yeah, I mean, I, I needed to listen to this at some point because it's definitely a story I tell uh, from time to time. Uh, so, And it, it's a little bit different than I remember it. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's still, you know, mortifying in all sorts of ways. But uh, it's, it, you know, it's also, yeah, really sweet and really nice. Uh, so, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think we did it. We, we did an okay job. We were definitely kids, though. Uh, he, he was very wrong about that. <laughs> uh, Mr. Hamill, if you're listening, you were very wrong to treat us like adults and to mislead us into thinking that we were more mature than we are. Um, well, anyway, I want to thank Mark Hamill, our guest Mark Hamill, for um, a lovely interview. And Sam, thank you so much for for being game to do this. I wasn't sure if you would have any interest. I'm so glad you did because this is sure. a lot no, of fun. Yeah, yeah no, this is fun. this is pretty hilarious. No, I, I won't great. say no to this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Tim. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening uh, to this. Uh, what are your feelings? Uh, was this what you thought it would be, or is this surprising to you? Uh, I'm surprised that Sam was at any point a child. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, Proof is there, quite surprising. Thank you for joining us, Tim, and thank you, Sam. And uh, Fry, any closing thoughts? You two were two little cuties at the time. <laughs> and on that note, if you liked what you heard, please visit us at TrashComPod.com, where you can rate and review the show and follow TrashComPod across all social media. And we will see you on the next one.